Welcome to the Spiritual Life Management Podcast, where we help you bring balance in your life and live to your fullest potential with your host, Gretchen Smith. Hello, thank you for joining me today on the Spiritual Life Management Podcast. Today, I am joined with April McMurtry, an internationally known lunar facilitator and course creator. She has helped thousands of people connect with the lunar cycle to energetically align their mind, body, and spirit during times of transition and self-discovery. She's the founder of The Moon Is My Calendar, where she offers students a variety of resources and courses, including her signature self-published annual New Moon Calendar Journal. And April is also a mother and has a background in expressive art, yoga, and meditation. Welcome to the show, April. Thank you. Thank you, Gretchen. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm so excited because we are going to learn all about the moon. I'm calling it moon 101. Mm. So a lot of us, of course, know that there are a lot of different rituals and different phases and things of that nature with the moon, but there's so much more. And today I'd love for you to tell us, first of all, how did you get an interest sparked in working with the moon? Yeah, such a great question. I think that spark, I want to say that spark was there all along, just under the surface. So when I look back, for example, my formal studies, I studied, um, my master's was in teaching language. I taught Spanish for 10 years. And the thesis I wrote about was how to connect language, symbols, and kind of this color coding system to understand grammar. And for those of you who speak Spanish or know that, you know, many of the Romance languages have the nouns are masculine and feminine. I wanted to share with students like certain words are moon words and certain words are sun words. And so to have language about bringing the sun and the mythology, the sun and the moon in to teaching language. So it was kind of already working its way in to what I was doing that is a whole other chapter of my life. And really the initiation into motherhood for me was the realization of needing more rhythm. And that's something that connecting with the lunar cycle and any cycle in nature can help us lead a more rhythmic life. And rhythm, right? When we think of rhythm, like rhythm is relaxing. There's more ease and even possibly joy when things are rhythmic. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a comfort in it. Yeah. There's a comfort and there's a, there's a kind of familiarity and it's not, I like to distinguish between rhythm and um, routine as somebody who rebelled against having anything routine structure, doing things the same. Uh-huh. Somehow rhythm, I kind of warmed up to the idea of rhythm. And so the initiation into motherhood, I just saw like, wow, my life is a little too chaotic. How I go about my days is like, kind of, you know, very creative, but also not the kind of rhythm that a a child needs. So those are patterns even around the most basic sleeping and waking, the rhythm of night and day. How do we honor those? And how can connecting with the moon help us to honor that time that's needed for rest and recovery and all of the digesting our experience? So there's these little parts and paths that weave in. And I started meeting with a dear friend, Sita Davis, on the new moon. I can't even think of what year. It's been more than a decade. It's probably been like 15 plus years. 
And so we started establishing this rhythm and pattern for ourselves of connecting on the new moon. We both had young children at the time, so we never really got to go deep with sharing what was going on in our life because of right. life pulling us away. Um, and so we really just reflect on the past cycle and set intentions for the upcoming cycle and had our own little moon circle with each other and maybe whoever else was there. And that went on for many years. It was a way to get into the flow of lunar time, of actually looking at the calendar and seeing, okay, this cycle, the new moon is on a Wednesday and next cycle, the new moon is going to be on like Friday. And so planning ahead to the lunar time rather than what was convenient for, oh, let's do it on the weekend or whatever it was. So that's kind of an interesting way to, you know, schedules that run Monday through Friday. That is one calendar that the Gregorian calendar that many of us are familiar with, um, that is a more of a linear time experience. Right. Um, and so when we start to connect with this more like weaving rhythmic time of the moon, then we see, oh, it doesn't fit in those same boxes. That is so fascinating. So, I mean, you've got to tell me a little bit more on how you established meeting on the the moon, on the new moon or in the moon cycles. Mm-hmm. Was it just something that just by happenstance came about and then you de- delved into it a little bit more and explored the moon moon phases? Yeah, it must have been. I think there was things, there was things that were like at the yoga studio where um, Sita and I were going they probably had some rituals around new and full moons, but we just kind of took it into like the the home living room, more intimate space. Uh-huh. It's interesting because the moon has like some of the qualities connected with the moon are about intimacy and our intuition and things that are not visible or sort of like shown outward necessarily. It's more of an inward internal experience. Um, the moon is so popular <laughs> right now. And around the time that I was, you know, looking for a moon calendar, I think I had one that had the moon phases that were like this glow in the dark painted on or, you know, whatever, stamped on yeah. calendar. So at, like at night, you could like see the the phases glowing in the dark. That was pretty cool. And I wasn't planning to make a calendar. I was planning to find one that somebody else had made and just, you know, work with that. But what I found needed, so coming out of this personal practice, Sita and I would, you know, I'd write my intentions in a journal and maybe do a collage or just reflect on lessons I had learned. Um, And we'd share those. Those journals then also had my shopping list, my to-do list, my all kinds of other sketches and things. So the work with the moon would kind of get lost and buried and I'd have a hard time going back to find a whole cycle later where that particular page was. So from there, I started just having this feeling of what if there was just a container just for this work, just for this kind of self-study practice relating to cycles and relating to that pattern of the lunar cycle. So the actual calendar, the new moon calendar and journal came out of this ongoing personal practice, shared collective practice, and became a place then to kind of house all that or contain all that or just to, to bring all of the, the inquiries and all of the transitions and transformations and sort of inner work right. into one place. 
Oh, I love that. I love that. I mean, and I currently have a wall calendar. I love wall calendars and I know that you have created a wall calendar. However, my wall calendar is an, an astrological wall calendar and there's so much information on there. Yeah. It's overwhelming. I can't even easily just look at it and find out what moon cycle we're in Mm -hmm. right now, what phase Mm -hmm. we're in. And I love the fact that you've actually created something just for that. Yeah. And just for the moon, you know, there's so many other really fascinating planetary cycles that are layers on. And so I, I, it's interesting because I thought I was creating something for beginners of like, oh, it's Mm -hmm. just the moon. It's a circle. Circular calendars have been around for a very long time. There are some beautiful images of um, like gold leaf painted circular lunar calendars that I had, I didn't come across until later. And so I've gone back in and, and researched calendars throughout time. It's a fascinating study. I kind of wish I could go back yeah. to my undergrad and and go into that. I don't know where that field leads you, but um, <laughs> there's some fascinating books. And just our relationship with time is something that actually is very primal. It's very sacred. And it's not just one thing. It's ac- And it's actually a relationship. It's not just a given, I think. Most of my experience growing up was I just assumed the calendar was the calendar. I didn't relate to time in that way, but I didn't know that there was another, uh, that there were other options. Right. Yeah, exactly. Most people don't. Most people don't even think about it. And I mean, I was very transparent with you before we hit the record Mm -hmm. button. Um, The moon is something that is fairly, I would say fairly new to me. I don't know a lot about it. And I'm sure that there's a lot of other people out there listening that don't know a lot about it either. And they're probably wondering, well, what do you mean? It's not just like a regular calendar and it has these phases. Mm -hmm. Can you dive into it a little bit more? And just from a very elementary perspective, talk about how we can work with the moon. Mm -hmm. How does it impact us on a day-to-day level? What we might learn if we're tracking and journaling about Mm -hmm. the moon? Yeah. So the two questions sort of that came distilled after I started teaching classes online and sharing this work more was the question of where is the moon right now? It Mm. is such a simple question. And to find the answer to that, where do we go to find that information? And I wanted to go sort of within my own to have an embodied experience of that rather than needing to, and there's plenty of apps, which can be very helpful, kind of make the, the bridge. But if it's outside of me, then I there's something very empowering about having a, a felt knowing and sense and mm-hmm. paying attention. So when we pay attention to something outside of ourself and notice, we can see subtle shifts and changes that like seasonally, the subtle shifts and changes start happening when we're not noticing or paying attention. It can seem all of a sudden or out of the blue, um, kind of being like blindsided. Like, why are the days so short all of a sudden? Well, it's always gradual. And so the lunar cycle actually is almost like a mini version of the seasonal cycle. 
I love the way you just put that because that is so true. I can completely relate Mm -hmm. to that. So I want to share in a way of like taking us through this journey of how we already know and already have the lunar cycle within us. And so when we ask the question of where's the moon right now, we can kind of have a reference point for that. Mm -hmm. I'll start with the breath. So this is a cycles within cycles. And there's actually a beautiful image and graphic in the, um, the new moon calendar and journal that Sita did the drawings for the inner cycle is the breath cycle. So if we start with our most, the most sort of elemental expression of all cycles is our breath. And at the exhale, that's that point of emptying out. That's kind of a parallel energy of the new moon. So we're releasing, we're letting go, we're exhaling everything out to this emptiness. Mm -hmm. As we begin to inhale, that is the waxing, that is the growing, that's the crescent opening up to that first quarter, inhaling all the way to fullness. And that gives us the experience of a full breath, the fullness of the full moon, almost like the fullness of summertime. And after that, as we begin to exhale, that is the waning, the releasing, the letting go, the emptying out, coming back around to the new moon. Yeah, that's an excellent example. So that journey of the breath, and when I made this connection for myself, it's about, it was actually eight years ago, pretty much to the day, eight years ago, when I started feeling like, I think something wants something wants to be born some, and that was the calendar and it came through. And around that time I started seeing these parallels and experiencing, Oh, my breath is a lunar cycle. These light bulbs went off of like, I can just come back to this expansion and contraction, especially when, I mean, at the time I was working three jobs had two children, thought I could kind of do it all, but couldn't because of the signs and symptoms of burnout and all the things that go along with that. Something right. something had to give. And so I know I'm sort of weaving this all around of like, that's part of the story of this really is, I got to a point where that more of what is a solar energy of going and outward and productivity and being on that our society and most of the world, like, promotes as as the way to be um right right that's how you get ahead that's how that's like what's expected isn't sustainable at all no and we see that at all. like we're living the result of that it is not sustainable right. so bringing the moon in then is that balance of oh there's inhale and there's exhale there's growing and harvesting and also composting So then that lunar cycle follows that similar path of expansion and contraction. The new moon giving us a time to kind of reset. Okay, what are my priorities? It's kind of like I'm about to go on this journey with the lunar cycle. Um, And I'll say just kind of the moon 101. If you ask most people how many days are in a lunar cycle, um, they'll say 28. And I hear this all the time. And I probably thought it too. I don't know if I even really thought how many days are in a lunar cycle. Right. Right? Like our months have different amounts of days. I don't know what the moon, I don't know. To sit down and actually map out the circular calendar, I went through and 
counted each each cycle to see how many sort of like little slices of the pie to put in the circle. And this is something I drew out of like a watercolor, very fluid. And it's something I went um, and asked, talked, I showed it to my husband and I said, okay, will you help me make this digital? Can we translate this to be more like precise and accurate and, you know, the way that it looks now? So he was translating something that was very lunar and fluid into something that was more like structured and precise. So because there are 29 and a half days in a lunar cycle, some cycles when it kind of lines up with, you know, starting at the new moon, it's new moon to new moon, some will have 29 and some will have 30. So even there, just by working with a lunar calendar and a circular calendar, there's, it almost asks for this, asks for us to be more flexible, Yes. Right? Like, what <laughs> do you mean some are 29 oh, yes. and some are 30? Like, no, it needs to be, you know, the same. I know so many light bulbs are going off for me because I mean, I've heard people debate about how many days are in a year. Mm. And I know there's a lot of people out there going to be saying, what do you mean how many days are in a year? Mm. Well, there's people that dispute how many days there are in a year and they're basing it off of the moon. Mm -hmm. So there's just all these different ways of looking at how we're tracking our time. And you really have to throw the standard calendar in the trash and think outside of the box to really wrap your mind around it if you're flowing with the actual moon or the seasons. Yeah. And there, for me, I've come to the point of there, it's like simultaneous, you know, the, the linear calendar and the Gregorian calendar gives us a way to like meet today to have this podcast. You know, we could have said right. like, okay, you know, three days, four days after the full moon at, you know, ways of measuring time that would have been more of what our ancestors would have gone by, solar cycles, lunar cycles, light cycles. It gives us a precise way, you know, and time is measured by what is it? the an atom the vacillation of an atom gives us universal time is like coordinated by this very technical very precise thing and the fact right. is everything wobbles the earth and moon like they go at different speeds at different times to be precise about something that really is more flexible or just flowing um yeah we need that structure and the flow so both are kind of there to to support us it's just that the flow part of it has been cut out of the picture for the Gregorian calendar. And there's other calendars, the Islamic calendar, the Hijri is a lunar calendar. The mm -hmm. um, Jewish calendar is a solely lunar. So it kind of coordinates with the moon, even looking, I mean, there's calendars all over the world that are lunar based. So it's just, it's almost like thinking about, well, when does the new year begin? Like at what point, is the new is the year ending and beginning right and culturally and and regionally like that's a that varies as well and i was actually born on new year's eve that's my birthday so this is very personal to me because i think about like oh i'm born right at this cusp time this kind of liminal space between end something ending and beginning and it's a little arbitrary like why then 
Right. Yes. So have you noticed in your work that people born under certain moons have certain characteristics? Mm, Such a great question. There's, There's actually somebody who writes about that. And I think often anyone who's credited with writing about something, there's more ancient roots and sources to this about kind of like a eight phase personality type of the moon that we're born under coordinating with certain qualities and characteristics. The, uh, I say astrologer, but he was many other things besides an astrologer, but he's known for writing about the lunar cycle. Um, Dane Rudyard sort of mapped out qualities and characteristics of somebody who's born under a new moon phase versus a full moon phase. Um, And I actually have there's a course called Know Your Moon that I'm beginning to have it be evergreen. It's sort of a work in progress, but part of the interest was to create, and there's actually, there's a, there's a tutorial on the website. So you can look up the phase you were born under and, and start to sort of associate some of the qualities and characteristics. Those qualities and characteristics tie us into this other larger harvest cycle of energy, of beginnings of things, of unfolding and developing of that and that releasing. So that really just basic energy. And so it's a really interesting relationship to kind of look into and explore. So if people want to check out the blog post to kind of read and do some I think with a lot of things, even like personality types or whatever it might be, I get a little itchy about it because I'm like, I don't want to be put in a box. I don't want to put anybody in a box. (laughs) Sometimes astrology, pop astrology can be so not expansive, not seeing like the full range of the multidimensional, all the parts of ourself. Um, Right. Right. It could, could feel confining. So I'm just hesitating to say anything because- there's, uh, it's a relationship and something to feel into, but everyone that I've worked with. And when we look at our, it's called the natal, it's the natal moon phase. So for example, I was born on New Year's Eve on a year where the full moon was at Christmas. So I associated my birth moon then with about six days after the full moon, the, the waning and the disseminating and the releasing And so some of the qualities and characteristics, I'll just use myself as an example. Some of the qualities and characteristics that go along with that is this desire to share and to teach, to take what's been learned from the harvest and then put it to use in some way um, and offer it back to the collective. And so when I saw that, I was like, wait, how can somebody see into my soul just by the moon phase? Like that is right. the core of my desire is like with the learning of language, how can I take this and sort of digest it and, and distill it and then offer it back in a way that, that people can learn from and benefit from in some way. So then I was like, all right, I took it with a grain of salt and then worked with it myself. And I was like, yep, this works for me. So it's really fascinating study that I'll just say, yeah, anyone who's interested Uh, to go more with that. Yeah, I just looked up mine. (laughs) And apparently I'm a waxing crescent. Mm. So, and what I read is that I think it does fit me a little bit. That's kind of the more like uh, getting going, yeah, I guess yeah. is one way to put it, right? Yeah. Getting going. And I'm a Taurus sign, but I'm right on the cusp of an Aries. And I feel like that waxing is maybe a little bit more of a 
Aries energy than a Taurus, but it makes sense to me. Yeah. Right. So there's, there's even these over overlaps of the initiating, right? What initiates both the waxing crescent is initiating the cycle. It's like the rebirth, like, all right, let's go. Let's go. We're doing this. We're, we're going to go. Um, and Aries has a very parallel, uh, I'm born ready, like head first. Come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Charge, you know, that forward motion of, of getting things started. Yeah. That there are some of those kinds of, of parallels and what's a beautiful practice then is to find out, you know, knowing what your natal moon is to each cycle, one way to deepen your relationship in that question, where's the moon right now? You might just start with your birth moon phase and see because the moon, here's back to moon 101. Sure. The moon balances out over the whole cycle, equally traveling in the day sky and traveling in the night sky. So you might, your birth moon, you might see more in the day sky or more in the night sky. So for you with the waxing crescent, that first sign, my, my understanding actually of calendars, the word itself connects back with, it was somebody's job to go up on a tower and look and call out the first sighting of the new moon of like after the new moon, which disappears for three days and emerges and comes out as that waxing crescent. Somebody would call out to let people sort of announce like the moon is back. However, whatever the call was, I'd love to know. Right. And that calendar comes from that call, that kind of like calling the announcing of the new cycle beginning. Interesting. Um, And so you would see your moon then, your birth moon then would be visible really only after sunset about to set on the Western horizon. So the moon and the sun, all the planets rise in the east and set in the west. And with the moon then at the new moon rises with the sun. So this can go back to the moon 101. The reason we don't see the moon when the moon is new, it's not like it's in shadow. It's not like it's like sort of hiding or something other than like it's hiding in the rays of the sun because they're lined up rising together they're conjunct in the language of astrology, they're conjunct. And so at sunrise, the moon is also rising and there's no way to see the moon without, you know, we're staring at the sun. You can't see the moon in front of the sun. And so that's why that day of the new moon, the moon is actually traveling all day long with the sun together. And so in summary, the moon is always there. We just can't see it yeah. at times. Yeah. Yes. And around that new moon. And that's sort of the mystery of it. You know, that mystery of like disappearing, being hidden in plain sight, being there, but not accessible or not available to our visual senses. So how can we connect inwardly and and sort of trust and know? Um, that's more of the spiritual dimension of the lessons we can learn is how can I trust and know even when I don't see something that at least with a lunar cycle, like that the moon will emerge and that there is this rebirth and that even those kind of dark nights of the soul or however it might, we might describe difficult times in our life, like what it is that coming out the other side. So can I rapid fire a few questions? Sure, I please. have several. <laughs> okay. So if we are following a moon cycle from beginning to, I'm going to say from the full cycle, Mm -hmm. I'll just say the full cycle. 
if it's a um, a waxing crescent moon, is that the time where everybody should be just getting kind? Of, I, I visualize the people just scurrying around, getting organized, and starting to get their work done, or starting to plan their work, mm-hmm. if you will. And then as we go through all the phases in the cycle, then we're we're towards the end. We are probably wrapping up, digesting, moving a little slower, relaxing, almost hibernating to start it all over again. That's the energy. I mean, the energy parallels a seasonal cycle. And Mm -hmm. so what I'd say is the caveat is like, we all have different relationships with the seasons. So I actually tend to come a little more to life in the winter and spring. Other people might feel that more about like the fall or the summer. So I would say it's a relationship and yes, there's an energetic pattern or template that can help us to lead more rhythmic lives. And so trying it out, I think that's part of the interest in the fun and why it never gets old is that there's an amount of experimenting to see what works for me. I definitely feel almost like this big, like burst and gust of energy at that waxing crescent beginning of the cycle. Uh I feel that. Only if I have respected the time of rest and hibernation before. If I've worked all the way through that, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to feel like fresh energy the beginning of the cycle because I'm the times where I'm not flowing with that, then I'm still playing catch up from, right. from the carryover. So yeah. I think sort of that question about one way to work with the lunar cycle then is to see how can I map out the starting out fresh projects. And I like to say this, I actually started a podcast recently. um, And what are the areas in our life that we can bring more rhythm to? So Mm -hmm. if I'm doing a project, how can I be rhythmic with how I'm working with the podcast? So at the beginning of the lunar cycle, for example, I might, oh, I'll reach out to new people, kind of see what's Um, what ideas are there for different conversations. And then from there, like past the first quarter, then I might do the work of actually recording some of those conversations. Um, I like to publish around the full moon as a release of the, like the time of like when the moon is more visible um, Mm -hmm. of things that want to be visible, getting more of a spotlight, you know, and even like finding what can be cyclical about that. And does the editing work? for me better in the waxing time or the waning time? And then can I plan in downtime of not doing anything with it so that I can come right. back fresh and feel like, oh, okay, now I'm, I'm coming back to this fresh. It's working against the grain. And in some ways it's, you know, kind of the nine to five, how business as usual is set up is not rhythmic and doesn't allow for that time of more rest and digestion to then have the energy. (laughs) Like we need to like renew that in some way. And so for those of us who work for ourselves, how can we set up a schedule for those of you who are listening, who may be like, you know, managers or like have the ability to possibly shift things and change things for work schedules. Like how beautiful would it be to live in a world and the world that I want to live in? And even with in, in school, thinking about how can I, maybe assign something new at the new moon. It's only two weeks later to the full moon. So it depends on kind of the amount of work. 
have it do with the full moon, share that, celebrate, and then, you know, have downtime to not start something new again right away. Right. That's, exactly. the, bre- that's the breathing room. And so how can we build the, the moon just in the ways that we can work with the moon? How do I build in that breathing room for myself and for others? And like, can we have the ripples go out into our society and world to have a more rhythmic way that kind of respects even what the cycles in nature and the moon is showing us. Right. And another question I have is really about how our body interacts with a moon, if you will. I know that for me, if it's full moon, I find it really hard to sleep. Mm. And I'm, and now I know that so much that it's just like, okay, it's a full moon. If I sleep great tonight, that's just going to be absolutely amazing. And I'm going to embrace it. If not, I know it, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> I almost come to expect it. So there's that aspect of it. I mean, if you speak to somebody that works in uh, a hospital or something along those lines, they often will staff hire for mm-hmm. a full moon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, women, their menstrual cycles often, um, are impacted by the moon as well. Maybe not so much these days, but I believe they were. Mm -hmm. So what are, what do you find and what do you know about how our body is impacted by the moon? Oh, and one other thing Mm -hmm. is that I have also found that we are much more emotional and this is just me. So maybe you can just speak to it as well. When we're dealing with a, I say dealing with, mm. as we're um, embracing a full moon. Mm-hmm. Oh, embracing. Yeah. I mean, so part of that question is the personal and the collective, like on a personal level, mm-hmm. how does a particular moon phase affect each of us? And then on the collective level, is there something that's just heightened? Um, right. And I've looked, you know, the kind of the research around like full moon deliveries or, you know, full moon, like more accidents or whatever the thing is, I've seen it go both ways. So it's not something that I would say necessarily is one way or another. And having not worked in a hospital, it's also, I'm not speaking from personal experience, but I have, yeah, just saying it has a really big impact and other people saying not. So it's, I think it's kind of like looking at our, within our own, world and seeing what's true. You know, I, I worked at a school for a long time and some of the teachers with the younger grades and definitely the preschool would always say like, is there a full moon coming? Because these kids are like out of control. And so that I think kids pick up on often kids, children will pick up on energy and not quite know of like of an intensity building that kind of feeling of like, wait, is there, is there a storm coming? Like that kind of energy. With some of this work, the practice of self-study in relationship with cycles is to see how am I actually affected rather than listening to say like, well, supposedly this is supposed to happen. What's my my true experience? Um, And some people just like seasonally, like in the summer, some people for the full moon is like, I'm going to go and bask in the light and just feel like so drawn to that particular phase. And then for other people, often like me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to duck and cover. Like I'll just lay, lay low um, Uh and not get caught up in what can be maybe more swirling the intensity. And so, and why is that part of it is 
on the full moon, but also on the new moon, the tides are higher. The high tide is the highest and the low tide is the lowest. So there's extremes. So even Mm -hmm. the way that the water is being pulled, the patterns then go to their extreme, highest high tide, lowest low tide. The connection that's there, and you can, you know, if you're curious, like practice this for yourself to see, do I get pulled to more of an extreme with my emotions? Water and the way that the tides are pulled, water is often connected to our emotions and things coming up to the surface, which can be beautiful. And and I, I guess what I see sometimes is people blaming the moon of like, oh man, that was just full moon. It was kind of like this external reason. And and I'm interested in in all of us taking like responsibility, personal responsibility. So what was it that was so intense building up? Like, was there something that needed to be said to someone that was just like under the surface building up? And then at the full moon, the feeling of just like blurting it out, but it had been there all along. And so maybe not right. noticing the early signs of like, this needs to be said. And maybe it was just the full moon, like kicked, you know, like just got it, got it going to come out from under buried underneath. So yeah, that is a kind of a developing of awareness that working, working with cycles, working with our own patterns, noticing what happened before, what was the week before leading up and was I sleeping well then, or was I kind of, you know, going, getting a second wind and not getting rest so that whatever was there is just going to be magnified. Really? That might be the right Right. word to use magnified by the full moon. Um, But in my work, what I've seen is everybody has a unique experience. And when we listen too much to other people, it could override. There's a potential of overriding what's true for us. And what I found for myself is even with the work that I do, even with knowing, okay, the new moon is about this exhale. It's about stillness. Even knowing that I will get my most creative insights often come around the new moon and I allow time to go to go with them rather than saying like, well, I should be hibernating. I should be sleeping. I should be doing this or that. If things want to come through, it's almost like the seeds. I think of it as like the seeds of the future, kind of like whispering. Mm-hmm. I want to make space for that rather than think, oh, but I'm supposed to do something else because it's this phase. Hopefully that makes that makes sense because I think for people working with the moon and just beginning, there may be a sense of, well, I want to do it the right way. Like, what's the right way to do this? Yeah. Right? Well, I love that because it sounds like, you know, I mean, we're all unique individuals, all born at different times under different moons. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that you have a journal because then we can really just start to document as we go through each phase of the moon, mm-hmm. what's coming up for us. And I'm assuming that after a while, we're going to start to see patterns that are really going to make sense. It's all going to start to click after a while. Yeah. And there's a way of like collecting data and kind of like collecting data over time. And what I've found is that just naturally it helps with transition, transitioning from one phase to the next to see the subtle shifts and really honoring like when one of the most basic things you can track besides sleep is my energy feeling more outward. Do I feel more sort of like outgoing, wanting to be in the world? 
or is my energy feeling more inward and I'm sort of resisting, but I just have to do it anyway? How can I honor that? Even if I have to like show up at a certain time, a certain place, knowing that, okay, today my energy is a little more inward. How can I sort of regulate, modulate around that so that I'm not trying to always be on even when something in me. So I have a little symbol of like drawing a symbol of a spiral kind of going inward just to document Mm -hmm. and to kind of give voice to the fact of, I noticed today my energy is feeling more inward. I'm going to document that for myself. And later then I can see that cycle, maybe even what unfolds from there. Do I give myself a little more breathing room? Can I do that? Can I take something off my plate? Does that then allow for like a renewal of some kind? Right. Um, that's that's another kind of just starting place of inward, outward. And that inward is more of the waning energy, right? The going inward and the outward is more of a waxing energy. It's giving language and names to something that I think a lot of us experience but aren't oriented towards maybe in our families or our schooling didn't ever talk about these things. Yeah. Help us to like ground ourselves in, oh, these are natural rhythms. Oh, my life flows more easily when I am honoring them. Yeah. I mean, sadly today we still don't even teach that. Mm-hmm. And you have to, you have to start looking for where you can learn that information. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And I'm definitely, you know, I'm sharing something that I wish I had as a younger person, you know, and you had mentioned the menstrual cycle of like, I didn't know if I was coming or going and I would put this red dot on the calendar and then try to count things. And that didn't, I know there's apps now, there's like a lot more sophisticated ways to track right. um, menstruation, but it was just like another symptom of kind of just the chaos of my life. Um, right. Yeah. But now to, for people who do have menstrual cycles and experience that, you know, again, it's another unique experience. Everyone is always cycling with the moon, whether you're bleeding or not, like that's a natural rhythm. That's just happening. Um, when we bring our awareness to it and find a way to kind of embody, Oh, this is, this cycle is a, it's, it's in me and it expresses itself in all these different ways, just like the breath and the seasonal cycle, the menstrual cycle is another one of those cycles. And I think there's also sort of in the the collective, some writing about like, oh, well, it's better. You should bleed at the new moon. This is the way it should be, or this is the way it was naturally always this way. And again, like with the research, I'm like, "Mm, I've seen both. And there may be a connection to our birth moon that has something about what is natural for us. And I'll just share in my own personal experience, my cycle goes through, I'll bleed on the full moon. Six months later, I'm bleeding on the new moon. Six months later, I'm bleeding on the full moon. My inner cycle shifts around. And so I get to experience kind of every single phase, what it's like. And I have much better self-care practices to know that. And I would have never known that if I hadn't been tracking in this way. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. And I've heard for a lot of people who then start to transition into, to menopause to have this anchor of the lunar cycle helped during a time of transition and irregularity. 
Oh, I love that. So you can really journal and, and work with a calendar in so many different yeah. aspects of your life. I mean, really every aspect of your life. Yeah. And that's part, I was actually just doing some writing about this this morning. It's in that way, it's part of what it's, it's open-ended. It's not guided in the sense of, oh, you have to track this or that. The other thing it's open-ended and yet there's a container that you can bring your personal practice even something like health practices or writing down symptoms or keeping like a food journal, looking for allergies, whatever the thing might be to personalize it and customize it. So it's that tricky balance of giving enough structure mm-hmm. and starting place. And this is why I enjoy conversations like this for someone to hear, like to spark the ideas that are relevant and relatable for them. Right. Then to have more of that open-ended place to then bring your personal personal experience and practice to. Right. Now I was just thinking for anybody on a self-care or a self-love journey, this would be an amazing tool as well. Yeah. It I what I have found is to be held by cycles, even to look at a circular calendar and to see I'm always held. Yeah. That's not most people's experience with time. Usually no. When I and I've given some presentations, and it's so fascinating to ask people what their relationship with time, how would they describe it? It's pretty negative. It's pretty like time is a bully, like time is always out to get me and never enough, and always like this crunch feeling and feeling like anxious and stressed, even with the thought of it, of the concept. And so, to work with a circular calendar and work with the moon, there's a much I have experienced, and many of the people who who've been working with this tool for year after year um, have said that there's a much more loving, um, accepting, okay, I went into that pattern again. Okay. I wasn't going to drink coffee every day, but here I am and I'm making the symbol and I see that I'm now drinking coffee every day. And now I'm, whatever that leads to, it's still held within this cycle. And there's always that chance, especially with the new moon, but really every day, every phase, but especially like I can reset okay, I can, I'm still held within the cycle. I didn't like fall off the end of some. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I have to ask you, Mm -hmm. you made a comment a while back that, you know, the moon is really, it's become this popular thing Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. especially in the spiritual community, people having a lot of full moon circles, Mm -hmm. new moon circles, you name it, they're having a circle for it. Mm -hmm. What is taking place during these circles? Are we releasing? Are we, is it intention setting time? How do we use this time? Mm, Yeah. I, again, I would bring it back to the each of our own, like, what do I need? I run an online circle for the new moon um, along with Sita and the way that we've held the practice, bringing in embodied practices just to bring us back to our own experience so that we can really feel into what do I need? You know, again, like, is there a right way? Like, is there a right time to set intentions? I would say, you know, around the new moon, yes, it's a fresh start in many ways, like, People set New Year's resolutions at the new year. There's a lot of pressure that can go along with setting a resolution with the lunar cycle that may, I can be, it can be experienced as more gentle of like working with an intention for several cycles. I don't know what goes on in a lot of other people, like what's, what other people are doing. I often don't like 
go to new moon or full moon gatherings because I have my own practice. The space that I like to hold really is time for reflection. I mean, when we think about like light reflecting on the water, the moon reflecting on the water and reflecting on our own experience, just to be given that container to be able to do that and also see what really wants to shift. Like when we set an intention and we put our energy in a particular direction, often it's because we're working to shift an old pattern to bring in some new, like ask for the awareness to to make a change. And especially like you said, on the self-love journey. So, I mean, there's all, that's part of it is like just seeing what kind of space somebody else is, is holding. The moon offers the container and whatever we really want to be experiencing within that, the natural rhythm teaches us there is a time for planting the seed. And there's a time right. for like tending to that seed, to watching it grow and to harvesting it and, and possibly sharing it with others and then composting the rest back into the earth. Ah, how beautiful. Yeah. I think everybody definitely has their own rhythm and we all have our own things that we could work on during specific phases. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Well, I know that when we originally were connected that we talked a lot about, or I spoke with Jackie a lot about talking about Venus and the Venus connection. Mm. I know we've been on here quite a bit for quite a length of time, but could you just touch on that a little bit for me? Yeah, the Venus cycle. So I'd say the moon was kind of this gateway. It's like the gateway planet, even though I know the moon in astrology is a planet, the gateway planet into other cycles. And so for for me, that next cycle was um, the Venus cycle and the patterns that the Venus makes with with her orbit something that's really beautiful and this can connect us back with observation and nature and and connecting with the moon in the sky is that Venus meets up with the moon once every lunar cycle. So if you look up to the sky to see both Venus, like that bright diamond, either morning star or evening star, which has its own rhythm, kind of like a pendulum Mm -hmm. that you can see either right before sunrise morning star Venus with the crescent moon or right after sunset evening star Venus with the crescent moon. And it's just this beautiful, I think sometimes some things seem out of the blue, like even eclipses seem like, Oh, where did that come from? All of a sudden it's eclipse and there's a tendency to sensationalize some of these things. But when you know there's a rhythm to it, eclipses happen every six months. It's not like it's some, out of the blue experience. There's a rhythm to it. Venus meets up with the moon every lunar cycle. There's a rhythm to it. And any of the things that are rhythmic in nature that we can bring into our lives and have a relationship and a connection to, we can start to embody that more ourselves. I'll teach Venus classes on Venus and classes with the moon. They have such a different vibration and energy that I've become more sensitive to that is is unique and different where the moon can be more of like a, a kind of a mothering, uh, like, let me make soup for you. Are your needs being met? Are you comfortable? That Those are the questions of the moon. Mm-hmm. Venus is like, what are you opening up to? Like, what is life? What makes you fall in love with, with life? Like, what brings you to life? Um, what are you attracting to you? 
very much like the flower and the rose and the pollination creation and procreation and, and just what like fills the heart with joy and love. So there's a different, there's a different energy and I found it while teaching as well. So, um, and I love that they meet up with each other. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, What a, what a wonderful self-discovery there. And it's been going on. And this is the thing is all of this has been recorded in like, you know, around the world, but even in like the cuneiform tablets in Babylonian times and in the, the Fertile Crescent, the Middle East, all of this was recorded thousands and thousands of years ago. The Venus sightings, the lunar cycle, mm-hmm. the eclipses. And so it's not new. It's remembering, it's uncovering and bringing up from the surface something that has always been a part of the human experience and connection to the cosmos as we live our lives here on earth. Right. That is so true. Well, April, tell us where can we connect with you? Mm -hmm. Um, The website for this work is themoonismycalendar.com. So there are the 2023 new moon calendar and journal and wall calendar are available on the website. There's also a blog. Um, there's a couple posts about Venus and then the, um, the natal moon phase. And then I just started a podcast and there's a link on the, the website as well um, called Between the Moon. And those are the conversation of self-study and relationship with cycles. And then also on Instagram at the moon is my calendar. Wonderful. And you offer several classes as well. Would you like to just share with the listeners the classes that you offer? I know you've touched on a few of them. Yeah, there's know your moon and know your Venus. So it's kind of an expert. There's a little more of like a astrological, astronomical exploration um, that does go into personalizing your own personal natal moon, but also understanding more about um, the rhythm of the moon and lunar astrology. Um, I made a little mini course called the Lunar Zodiac series. And that's for people who are interested, you know, the moon moves through every sign of the zodiac over the course of one lunar cycle. And so we can learn about what are the energies of all the signs of the zodiac as the moon only spends about two days and two and a half days in each sign. Um, so I recorded little audios that get sent out each time the moon goes into a new sign. And then another one for the phases, you know, this the, the work of really connecting with all of the phases, not just the full moon and the new moon and the, the lunar wisdom and what I've learned along the way. And that's the lunar cycle quest um, nice. with audios that go with each of those. We took a year off, but I've offered the a moon guide, a facilitator training, um, for people who are interested in running circles or holding space in some way and relating to and working with the moon, um, it really complements so many other practices. And so, yeah, when when things are available, they're up on the website and then the, the newsletter I'll send out like upcoming classes. And yeah, in the, mon- the monthly moon circles, there are drop-in and like a whole series for all 12 or 13 during the year. And is that via Zoom online? Yeah. Or is that? Yeah. The um, online circles. I love teaching in person. I just love being in learning spaces and sharing. And so there is a local yoga studio. Sometimes I will do some some in-person classes and retreats as well. That was all. It's 
still coming out of pandemic times of like right. how much in-person <laughs> work to do, but yeah, I've definitely shared it. Uh, I love, I love meeting in person as well. And at some point, maybe traveling, if anyone wants to invite me, I love speaking and sharing and even with like creative teams and design companies of kind of the, the thinking around cycles and the harvest cycle and our relationship with time. I love sharing that. Oh, that would be wonderful. And April, where are you located at if somebody were to drop into a yoga studio or yeah, maybe I'm they in, want to know kind of what area you're in? In Northern California in the Bay Area. So the San, San Francisco Bay Area, the kind of okay. greater Bay Area. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I have to say that I've, I've looked at your uh, your journal calendar and your website and just absolutely gorgeous, mm-hmm. beautiful paintings and artwork on your items and just really pleasing to me. Yeah, that's probably the Venus, the Venus quality of how to make something practical and beautiful. That's my Venus and Capricorn is like, there has to be a practical, tangible application. And it also has to be beautiful. Yeah, (laughs) it's gorgeous. So if any of the listeners interested, definitely check out April's website, themoonismycalendar.com. It has all of her information on there. Your Instagram is the same as well. Mm. And your podcast between the moon. So there's all different ways to connect with April. And April, this has been really fun and definitely taught me a lot about the moon. And I'm obviously would love to have you back on the show and learn even more. I would love to. This has been really, yeah, this is, this is what I love to share and talk about. And thank you for the questions. I love getting to just see from different perspective and angle and kind of what's most helpful for somebody who is new to this and how to feel a personal connection like they're and empowered to feel like, oh, this is my own relationship and I get to explore this in a meaningful way. I oh, can't think of a better way to really do some self-discovery. Yeah. Thank you, Bridget. Well, thank you, April, and I appreciate you coming on the show. My pleasure. So much for joining me today on the Spiritual Life Management Podcast. If you like the podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to be notified of new episodes. And if you'd like to contact me, just send me an email at GretchenSmithCoaching at gmail.com. Also, follow me on Instagram at GretchenSmithCoaching for more inspiring content on creating your best life. Lastly, if you're interested in working with me for spiritual holistic life coaching, just send me an email or DM. All information is below in the show notes under Linktree. Sending you love and namaste.